Does this prayer book spark joy for you? What about this robe, this talit, this kippah? The phrase spark joy has become part of our pop culture vocabulary recently. Even if you never read her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which has sold over 11 million copies, or saw her popular show on Netflix, you probably recognize the philosophy of Japanese tidying expert Marie Kondo. The idea is to declutter your home by taking everything out of your closet, evaluating each item as to whether or not it sparks joy for you, keeping what does and discarding what doesn't. I attempted a mild version of the condo method at home this summer. In the midst of the political and climate chaos, it felt productive, even cathartic, to take out the shirt I don't even like anymore, or the bridesmaid's dress that I'm probably never going to wear again, and to get rid of them. It gave me a semblance of control a sense of honesty and order in my own small corner of the world. When I brought my discard pile to the Goodwill, the staff member told me that they had seen a huge surge in donations inspired by the TV docuseries. I should say at the onset that I'm not sure of the real environmental impact of this process. There's an irony that IKEA used the phrase spark joy for their recent TV ad campaign. Regardless, there is clearly something to all of this, something spiritually powerful that is worth reflecting on more this morning. What role does the material play in our life? What gives us joy? How do we decide what we keep and what we let go. Our Jewish tradition can be frustrating because it often embraces complexity around questions such as these. And I'll give you a hint. Cleaning out your closet and giving away two pairs of shoes is not going to be enough. Ultimately, we need to find a way to declutter our souls. Judaism uses the material to help us reach the spiritual. We have a version of Kondo's process of letting go during Passover. As the first Seder approaches each spring, we are supposed to meticulously purge our house, house of any traces of chametz, of leavened bread. It is traditional to search by the light of a candle and sweep with the brush of a feather to symbolically ensure that our homes are free of every crumb. Passover is called Zman Herutenu, the season of our freedom. Just as we had to flee Egypt with nothing but matzah, we can only begin to celebrate freedom today by physically letting go of bread. There is also a parallel process of letting go at Rosh Hashanah. Hundreds of us last Monday afternoon fanned out on the sand at Baker Beach for Tashlich. Yet again, letting go of bread 
in order to free ourselves of our mistakes as we enter the new year. I'm not sure what it means that the Jewish version of the condo method seems to involve food, specifically carbohydrates. That may be a whole other sermon for later this year. But these rituals are metaphors in motion. We are physical beings. We need the concrete, whether it is breaking the glass at a wedding or wearing a torn ribbon at a funeral. We use these objects as physical manifestations of our experiences. They help us organize our emotions in space. And it's not even really about the stuff. It's about the meaning that we ascribe to the stuff. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with chametz, with bread. But by throwing it away, we physically practice the work that we need to do spiritually, the work of letting go of what enslaves us and others. Judaism uses the material to help us reach the spiritual. Today's rituals of fasting, of wearing white, of taking off from work and school, of wearing flats instead of heels on the bima, these are all tools to help us remove distractions and focus on deeper questions. Yom Kippur is not about denying our bodies in false piety. We just heard in the Haftorah of Isaiah 58, do you call this a fast? Is not this the fast I desire? To break the bonds of injustice, remove the heavy yoke, to let the oppressed go free and release all those enslaved. Fasting only works if it inspires us to be better people, to free ourselves and others from all that oppresses us. If we wake up tomorrow morning and go back to our routine with nothing having changed, then we missed the whole point. We might as well have eaten. Because we are here to do tshuva. We are here to turn ourselves towards a new direction. And if the letting go does not alter us, there was no point in throwing it all away to begin with. God reminds us in Leviticus 25, Ki li ha'aretz, for the land is mine. You are but strangers resident with me. For a people who has had to wander around the world, Torah emphasizes that we do not ever truly own something. God created it. It ultimately belongs to God. We have limited control over the material in our life. We have limited control over the material in our life. My own experience of this came as a freshman in college when my childhood home burned to the ground in a roofing accident. It was devastating for my parents. The big house in a nice neighborhood that my immigrant father had worked so hard to buy for his family. I returned to Dallas during spring break to a foreign depressing rental house. Most of my childhood mementos, my signed high school yearbooks, 
my bat mitzvah talit, my favorite stuffed animal, all gone. Some become more attached to things after trauma. Their possessions can give them a sense of security, of control. It had the opposite effect on me. It made me less sentimental, made me less attached. I feel less compelled to keep every preschool art project or every issue of the New Yorker by my bedside. The Jewish lens is clear. Putting our possessions in order is only valuable if it helps us practice the bigger project, figuring out what matters to us and why. Yom Kippur is about the process of decluttering our soul to spiritually tidy up, as it were. This holy day gives us space to pull out all our stuff, our anger, jealousy, insecurity, impatience, our missed opportunities, broken hearts, failed ventures. We lay it out before us with as much humility and honesty as we can muster. And we try to figure out what is essential in our life, what our priorities are, what we want to hold fast to. We ask ourselves in those harder, more challenging moments, why do I define myself by how cool my job sounds at a dinner party? or by the size of my house, or by the rank of the college that I went to? What am I trying to control? What am I trying to prove? Why do I tell myself that if I get a new promotion, I won't be so depressed? That if I buy this new shirt, I won't feel so alone? That if I date someone much younger, I won't be so afraid of the future? To truly declutter, we must face our fears and our pain. Otherwise, we become the person who cleans out our closet only to refill it the next day with more trendy, ill-fitting clothes. I think in our clearer moments, we know what we want. We want to be a patient parent, a kind employer, a loving partner, a reliable friend, an informed citizen, and a responsible steward of the earth. So whatever or whoever doesn't help us be that person, we sweep away, we let it go. That letting go can be painful taking a salary cut for a healthier work environment, ending a relationship with someone who just doesn't deserve you, really stopping drinking alcohol. It all can hurt, but it can also be liberating. When we declutter the soul, we open ourselves up to joy. Material things, all this stuff, they're all ultimately just tools to build and maintain relationships. When you put up a mezuzah on the front door with your people, when you move into a new home, when you pull out old photo albums 
to explain to a new member of the family who will be attending an upcoming wedding. When you wear your mother's favorite dress to your son's bar mitzvah because she is too ill to attend and be there. There are no shortcuts, no easy platitudes. Saying I'm going to be less materialistic, I'm going to live in the moment is certainly a place to start. But Yom Kippur and our tradition as a whole pushes us to go further. When we ask, does this spark joy? We are not just asking if it makes us happy in the moment, if it is attractive, if it photographs well for Instagram. We are asking if it fits into a vision that we have for our life. Jewish joy comes from feeling connected to a greater community, a greater tradition, and a greater power than oneself. So far, I have been focusing on the material, but we are just as prone to getting distracted by the immaterial. This summer, I had the gift of being able to get away to Israel and study at the Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. During one discussion about the failures of the peace process, our teacher suddenly became more reflective. He said that his children had recently been challenging him, Abba, Dad, how can you keep giving so much to something that has failed? He told us that he tried to respond to his children, that a noble life is not just based on achievements, that it is arrogant to think that one can control all of the variables that determine our fate that our successes and our failures are rarely solely the result of our own actions, that one should judge a life based on values, not outcomes, a life based on values, not outcomes. These days of awe remind us what those values are, justice, responsibility, forgiveness, renewal. And this day of judgment challenges us to evaluate how well we are living them out. Martin Buber tells the classic Hasidic story of Zusia. Once the Hasidic rabbi came to his followers with tears in his eyes. They asked him, Zusia, what's the matter? He told them that he had had a vision. I finally learned the question that the angels will ask me one day about my life. The followers were puzzled, but Zusia, you are a pious man. You are scholarly and humble. You have helped so many of us. What question about your life could be so terrifying? And Zusia replied, I have learned that the angels will not ask me, why weren't you more like Moses? They will not ask me, why weren't you a Joshua leading your people into the promised land? No, Zusia sighed. They will say to me, Zusia, why weren't you Zusia? The angels do not ask, what did you accomplish, Zusia? Did you have a big IPO like your college roommate? Did you produce super smart children like your cousin? Did you complete the triathlon faster than your neighbor? 
No, they ask, who were you, Zusia? When your startup failed, when your child struggled with anxiety, when you developed arthritis in your knees, how did you respond then? Decluttering our souls gives us the clarity to focus on what is essential. This sermon may be because I'm 36 and my first child just started kindergarten. It may be because I go to a lot of funerals of people who die too young. It may be because the tribal part of me is so embarrassed by the Weinsteins and the Millers and the Epsteins of our people. This sermon came from a feeling that we do need to reorganize our lives. With more nuance and tradition than we're typically fed in pop culture. That there is a sense of moral reckoning I feel a sense of people asking in our city, is this what it is? Is this who I am? And I believe that at its best, Judaism, the Jewish calendar, and the community that live them out can help us find meaning with integrity and with kindness, that it can help us see past the outcomes to the ultimate values to see past the outcomes to the ultimate values. Kohelet, Ecclesiastes teaches, a baby enters the world with hands clenched as if to say, the world is mine, I shall grab it. An adult leaves with hands open as if to say, I can take nothing with me. The Midrash teaches on this verse, we must depart just as we came. Just as we came, so must we depart at last. We can take nothing with us. Sometimes we choose to let go. Other times things are taken from us. We can ultimately only control our mindset, how we understand our reality, the kind of person that we aspire to be, how we respond to the ups and the downs, and the communities that we work hard to create and maintain to support us in these moments. Ten days ago, the gates opened on Rosh Hashanah, and this evening, the gates will close. Who will we be in 5780? What will we keep with us, and what will we shut out? On this Yom Kippur, may we take this time to tidy up our lives. May we strive to live a life based on values, not outcomes. May this holy day and the Jewish calendar be life-changing. And may we find joy together. Kenya Hiratsun, may it be so.